Hello everyone, this is your favorite voice of business psychology. Armed with research, personal experiences, and a passion to understand the nuances of rapidly evolving workplace dynamics. I am your host, Kritika Kashyap, a management psychologist. Today, we are in for a treat. Allow me to introduce Sakshi. And trust me when I say her accolades could take up our whole show. Winner of 2022 Dina Award, Sakshi stands tall as the world's first UNESCO kindness leader, the brain behind Project LEAP. She is fervently driving change towards sustainable development goal 4, that is inclusive and equitable quality education. Now, though she is making waves in the UK as an occupational psychologist and working in the ESG or sustainable sphere, her roots trace back to India. But what's cool? She beautifully merges Indian psychology into her change sessions. With a rich history of advising AIB's startups, owning to her own three-year entrepreneurial journey, she is quite a powerhouse. Hello, Sakshi. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Psyche and Success, the Chenzi edition. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure to talk to you every time I meet you. I have been waiting for this podcast because, I mean, it has been a long conversation. And I'm so excited to hear about all the social causes that you have been working on, uh, your entrepreneurial journey, your uh, working with the MNCs, because it has been really, I, I personally admire them. So why don't you start with uh, sharing and introducing yourself with the listeners? Sure. Um, so I always say this um, to people that I know or like, or uh, want to give a different story to than your usual, this is who I am, <laughs> this is what I do. Um, yeah. I say I am a, I'm a salsa dancer. Oh, who's now turned into yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's now t- turned into a uh, psychologist yeah. and then became something in the middle of those two. So I'm still dancing uh, on the tunes, oh, but doing that, something that's else. That's amazing. I did not know about your salsa dancing. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people did not know, including my family. Okay. Um, so I was in. I was. <laughs> it's a funny story, but actually, I was in grade seven. Um, so very young, so 13, 14 years old, mm-hmm. is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And growing up in India, and my father would like drop me to Bharatnatyam classes in a in a big dance oh. academy in Delhi. And then <laughs> okay. I would just sneak to like the basement where the salsa was happening. And I had <laughs> learned salsa for seven years. And my, all this time, my dad was like, oh she's my. doing Bharatnatyam. Like, you're so proud. And, yeah, <laughs> That's and such a bold move, Sakshi. I had no idea about it. Oh, crazy. I don't know, some something in the middle of that, right? And <laughs> and so for seven years he thought I was doing that. Seven years later there was a show. So by the way, does he does he know now? He knows he found out on a podcast. He found out on a podcast <laughs> two or three years ago. Uh, did he I, confront with you? Or you he, did you confront? He did. So basically, uh, basically, uh, when I was doing that salsa dancing, right? Like seven mm. years later, we did a showcase. We put together a show showcase, and and everybody yeah. could like invite their you know family members. Mm-hmm. And I was really young, so yeah. uh, so my tutors had to sort of check in with me, and they were like, "Look, this is the kind of dance where you know mm. you have to 
people touch each, other, each other's waist and are you comfortable like you're quite mm. young and I was like yeah it'll be fine I want to learn it <laughs> so for seven years I did yeah. that knowing full well that my father wouldn't be okay oh, with God. it right so and then and then he came to this showcase very proud you know thinking oh she'll oh, do Bharatnatyam like he had his phone like that his phone ready you... not phone he had a video camera that was how it unfolded yeah. Yeah, that's how he was like, and he and he got up and left middle of the show. Like oh. when I actually started doing the dance, he's like, was it really mad? He was. He didn't speak to me for a long time, um, like years, like long time meaning years. And okay. then I also chose to take, you know, take psychology that year. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna take psychology. I understand like, what my that psychology yeah. is right now. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so so it was insane. And then years later, you know, I'd moved. To, to the UK um, I wasn't living with him anymore and he just kind of wanted to reconnect so he started like um, looking for some podcasts yeah. that I was doing and um, my brother mm. sent some to him and in one of the podcasts he was listening to about me I was telling them how I was lying to my parents and traveling alone all over India and I was and I was done and I was training to be a salsa dancer and then my father called <laughs> me like right Oh, that's a lot to take for a father. I was like, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like you have to live your life. Uh, and as long as you're not doing anything wrong, it's always, yeah. it always a good learning. Even like the wrong and the right, right? Like who tells you that? Like our, hmm. our parents give us the values. But hmm. then there's also like the messaging you're getting from the outside world of you need to be your own person, especially when we were growing up, right? Mm. Like we have to be our own person and we have to learn things our own way. Right. And actually all of that has made me who I am. Mm. Like all that solo traveling all over India. I started doing that when I was 17. Wow. Right? And and my friends, I used to stay at my friend's place mm. and, and sneak a backpack <laughs> in to their house and then travel from their house and then come back to theirs so that I didn't have to tell my parents oh I'm my going God. alone. And they and my friends places became my places to crash mm. all the time and I would call upon them if something and a lot of things mm. went wrong when I was yeah. traveling alone right in India and a lot of good things happened as well so in the bad times I used to call upon my friends and they used to be the people who would like support me or buy me my ticket okay. or send me some money and I was I was oh. like painting graffitis in India to, <laughs> st- to stay in hostels wow. in exchange like I had no money to travel and I was like on a motorbike sometimes and I was on a cycle sometimes. Like it was crazy. Like just the amount of things that happened. Uh, but... There's so much, so many elements to unfold um, of yours. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> it's like an onion. Somebody said that to me a few years ago. You're like an onion and we can keep peeling the layers back and it doesn't end. And I'm like, but that's true for every human being, right? It's just that some of us are more candid about it than the others. But every single person I've met has many layers uh, as an onion. Some are just not comfortable sharing that on a podcast. <laughs> I'm glad that you are. <laughs> oh. Yeah, fair enough. So yes, anyway, um, continue with what you're passionate mm. about, your social causes that you've been working on, um, yeah. your journey, basically. Yeah. Well, um, when I was 
um in school mm-hmm. right i taken like psychology mm-hmm. as i said and then another subject we had was geography and i was really just to put it out there i was really good at geography okay like <laughs> i was the best at geography uh-huh. like the best i have to say that out. like i'm so salty about the fact that i never chose that as a career direction i should have okay but um, but at that time you know psychology was rebellious enough <laughs> um so i so we had geography and one of the assignments was with our class mm. teacher to go to some of the areas around that were some of the okay. slum areas um and we were doing a survey around there so uh, we came out of the survey a bunch of 12 of us hmm. and we thought we had done yeah, a great yeah, job yeah. right we were interacting with people we were empathizing with them we were like talking to them and we came out and we and our teacher was angry oh. at us she was like right. you guys were the worst like we are never going to go back in again and we like what what why and she goes because you went into somebody's home and acted like you are the savior and acted like you're better than them and okay. and you're there to like save them of something she was like what if somebody okay. comes to your home and does that to you mm. you would be like is my home not good enough right so so even if mm. we know that those conditions that they live in are mm-hmm. not you know the best for hygiene or sanitation you don't make a okay. person feel like their home is yeah. adequate enough Mm-hmm. that's what you guys just did right in the way you were interacting with them and that was a like i remember that incident so clearly it was right outside like the temple and so, mm-hmm. so the temple faced the 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 sort of a- area of these mm-hmm. housings and we were right in the middle and I, i still remember it and that stuck with me because i was like oh my god like a lot of us just go out into the world trying to help other people but we just yeah. don't know how that's true and so we end up creating more mm-hmm. evil than good and we are we are still sort of doing that right so i i joined like in my college i started joining like social causes and i did that not because mm-hmm. i was philanthropic or something i did it because every other teenager <laughs> right. was doing it right they were joining like yeah. some social cause so honestly i did not start it with i am a good person at heart i did not mm-hmm. and but when i joined i realized that a lot of people including myself were going to like these mm-hmm. schools trying to teach kids <laughs> without right, knowing to yeah. ourselves like what did we know right? what we teach anybody and, and we, right and a lot of times yeah. like i would see people teaching the kid the okay. wrong thing right about like how to handle right. themselves actually mm. we need to do something about it because can you imagine volunteers are the only people who are genuinely trying to save the planet mm. without any right. uh, foul intentions apart from we are trying trying mm. to do it for our own consciousness right yeah. every other person including employees whether or not people like to hear mm. it are doing something for the world good or bad for money for recognition for prestige for survival right so so mm. we spend so much money in the learning and development of employees mm. who are actually probably ruining the planet than helping it but we spend mm. no money no effort on volunteers who actually are saving the planet yeah, and are doing it uh, for the for the sort of greater good um and that's why i started that's why i started project mm-hmm. team i was 17 years old at that time i just started traveling um i had just sort of started this volunteering and all that and i was like okay. i came home it was mm-hmm. first of july we had done like a big event i was working with rotary foundation We used right. to organize like blood donation camps. We used to organize like clean sanitation camps. Mm-hmm. We used to organize organ donation camps. So I'd done a lot of different causes by then. Um, mm-hmm. Already by the age of seventeen, I was just like 
I was gonna turn eighteen in a month or something, right? It was not not a month, a few months. I was it was July, and so I came home, took a notepad out, wrote down what I wanted to do and what I wanted to change. Gave okay. it a name called Leap. You know, it standard. It stood for literacy, empowerment, ability, and participation. Created like random posters on Word, which came out <laughs> terrible. But at that time, like it's always right. a start. There's always a start. That why that time they were the best. You know, I remember going to Kamla Nagar, mm. finding a printing shop, sitting down with the printer, printing loads <laughs> of them, and I started going around yeah. the University of Delhi campus. And by then, mm-hmm. I joined university as well. I'd graduated from school. Uh, I started going around University of Delhi campus, standing up in parks or like Connaught Place and whatever, and just like okay. telling people to like. Come, oh come hear God. what I had to say. Wow! And be like, this is what I want to do. And I and I had three hundred people join me, like young people. That's amazing. Um, by by end of by end of August, mm. like I had three hundred people. That's amazing. And then I was like, that's uh, that shows me how beautiful, like people. How you said there were young people joining you, joining your hands with the cause. That really shows the kind of values and the. the young generation really caring about the causes and how can we make the place where we live better than it is like that's incredible yeah absolutely and you know what like i was very clear like a lot of the disorganized social service mm-hmm. sector works like this in india is to get volunteers in yeah. you you lure them in right so you give them certificates or you know you give them mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah you yeah. know like some food vouchers or whatever i was very you're not going to get any of that there's no going to mm-hmm. be there's no certificates going to be issued there is no like hand holding this is going to be about you for me for me it's about you i will invest in your right. training i will find people who can train us in our skills and then you go out and and help other people get the right education Amazing. that they deserve mm-hmm. that's it that's the model so you're in or you're out and mm-hmm. people were in people really wanted to help as you said right and and so we had 100% volunteer retention rate right up until covid wow. nobody left that's that's that says a lot also about the employee retention challenge that has been an right? ongoing <laughs> problem in the world right that's, that's and i'm just like if i could speak to each and every one of those 300 people mm-hmm. and ask them we literally i literally used to ask my volunteers okay what do you want to do in life right mm. and they would be like oh i want to be marketing you want to be in marketing you go handle our social media from now on mm. that's it and then we'll find people who can who can help you right uh, or who can give you the skills or who can train you, you what do you want to you want to be a psychologist right you take care of our students from right. now on and send them to the right counselors you don't counsel mm. them but you send them to the right counselors right and it was about what do you want to do because i realized that this is not hmm. a career for them and this is not their whole lives this is a stepping right. stone into something and so if i could do that for a 300 people hmm. volunteer group organizations are 300 people as well you know that's when the yeah. scale up starts happening what is the like what is stopping you from saying that you you don't want people to be in your company mm. your whole life you don't want that right i think people like like organizations <laughs> love the idea of retention rates and they're like oh but like people have been here 37 years that's bad the numbers by big data Literally, and analytics like, you're telling me that a person has been here 37 years i don't like that either yeah. you you are holding them to something uh, and mm. not giving them sort of progression enough that they can move out or yeah. that person doesn't know their worth right absolutely you can have 
awesome company culture which i very much doubt any organization in the world has like a 100% awesome company culture mm-hmm. and then have people stay 37 years that's because that's as, as human we are agile creatures we tend to change with every phase and yeah. it's it's astonishing for me as well when i hear people from older generations staying 30 years all their life in one company and i'm like how how can you yeah. do that i have even i have changed yeah. careers yeah exactly right i think i think it's the fact that they craved stability which they never had right so their mm-hmm. struggles growing up right. was about make, was was sort of equating stability with success and i think mm-hmm. we grew up in a generation where we equated disruption with success the more disruptive the, you are yeah. the more edgy you are the more different you are the more out of the box you are that's success i think mm-hmm. what people forgot was so a lot of people say this word to me right they're like you're so rebellious and i'm like my rebellion is not my luxury my rebellion is my survival tactic right. so don't commend me for being rebellious like i had mm-hmm. to do that to survive Absolutely. and that is true for a lot of communities right yeah, communities yeah. aren't rebelling because they want to be edgy communities are rebelling because yeah. that's just the way of life because the systems that these stable human beings created mm-hmm. for us just don't work anymore yeah. because they also created a lot of problems Absolutely. with it right? because, so you yeah you know it's a weird space yeah, yeah. so even the researchers have shown that how stable the companies were earlier uh, with all yeah. their pensions and things the time and plans now even getting the yeah. health benefits that takes like years for a company for an employer to get the health benefits yeah. and how can you even assume or expect yeah. uh, an employee of yours to be loyal to you or to not work or to not be rebellious for its own survival yeah and you know i think it's not even rebellion i think it's the idea that we need multiple jobs to survive now right everybody is either doing two or three different jobs right. as sources of income not mm-hmm. full time jobs but like have two or three sources mm-hmm. of income That or they're thinking about getting two or three sources of income right that is because it is about mm-hmm. sustaining a livelihood and a lifestyle for most people right for some people mm-hmm. for maximum population of this world it, it is about sustaining a livelihood and then there's some privileged true. people for whom it is about sustaining Absolutely. a lifestyle right but you need two or three sources of income so this kind of behavior of having two or three sources of income mm-hmm. having your own personal brand outside of your company having a life outside of the company is actually seen as being a troublemaker <laughs> because you're volatile you're not stable you're not fitting into the mold mm-hmm. you don't do things a certain way and the systems don't like yeah. that so they love to hire us mm-hmm. right when we sit for interviews gen z when we sit for interviews right we've already sort of build a charity or done communications or are you know cool and edgy in our certain ways have created some kind of impact or you know maybe haven't created an impact but but very strongly feel about a cause right we are very empowered about a certain topic that we grew up with and so organizations love us for that like oh my god that's amazing like we have never seen somebody you know do this and then they bring you in but the expectation is you leave it at the door please oh my god Okay. Right. Can you talk about you, your experience a bit more about it? Absolutely. I think I think it is so so for example when I interviewed right mm-hmm. um I was brown in a brown country. Right. Okay. I was growing up in India <laughs> yeah. and I was brown so there was a lot of colorism and there was a lot of please take like I literally used to get pills to get oh, whiter. Oh shit. 
that's the extent of that's, how how bad it was and that's like the worst thing that multiple I can imagine yeah uh, you know mul- multiple mm-hmm. things there was a lot of instances and so this 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 thing became quite close to my mm-hmm. heart i wrote a research paper when i was in first right. year college about it and then i started working with a teacher who used to rewrite okay. nursery rhymes um so it's not baba black sheep it's baba whatever sheep mm. it's green sheep you know it's it's not why is it black sheep right so she was like write rewriting these nursery rhymes because that's when the stereotypes start and uh, and uh, it was a huge issue for me uh, i knew it was a huge issue for a lot of my friends and people i did not know so i became a very mm-hmm. active campaigner about it in whatever capacity i had as a 18 year old whatever um and and then a lot of things happened you know with the charity with setting up project leap and setting up mm-hmm. like my startup and all yeah. so when i interviewed for jobs they loved it mm-hmm. they were like i can't we can't believe we've done so much right but okay. when you come in it is about yeah but forget that we, we you know like don't bring your uniqueness don't bring your communication style mm-hmm. don't bring your ur- sense of urgency because that's not how it operates that's not how the system that's not what the mm-hmm. system likes when i see the system i mean an organizational system like the right. way they ma- ma- manage knowledge in the system you know, who's telling who mm. what to do who is learning yeah. from who right it's always one directional if you're younger you're <laughs> learning instead of giving anything back nobody can learn from you because apparently what do you know um mm-hmm. it's about how do they manage performance and how do they what is the criteria for performance management right they're like oh like we don't value people who so show a unique uh, sort of uh, communication style or we don't mm. sort of like people who are outgoing right. entrepreneurial no you have to this is a contribution guide because this is what was set up 50 years ago when people did not come in with these kind of disruptive experiences mm. already and so it is that it is as simple as the systems don't credit us for who we are but they like to hire us for who okay. we are and that creates um it's it's very well researched actually it's called occupational mm. reality shock you you get shock waves across your body when you enter an organization because your expectation doesn't match the reality and these are physical and mental shock waves these are physical and mental shock waves mm. that actually That's signal to your body that the reality isn't matching up right and oh. i have a friend named ernst dwaka in uh, in university of ghana he's done a lot of research on it right and he he says to me he says sakshi do you know like a lot of people talk about africa and ghana in the context of corruption and violence and all that right and he's like you know when when kids grow up mm. they want to be doctors mm. or nurses or whatever because they've seen other people do that mm. right they don't think yeah. about whether they have the skills or the personality mm. to be a doctor or a nurse or a accountant or a pilot or whatever they just do it right and that's mm. what they've been told their whole lives that's how you get money that's how you support your family yeah. once they enter the profession they realize actually you need people skills yeah. or you need resilience or you need like uh, time management and they don't have that <laughs> and so they're not earning as much as they could and the the congruence mm. doesn't exist the the shock of the job is too much that makes them open to corruption mm. open to taking bribes open to mm. um being the perpetrator and the victim of uh, domestic or um or violence at workplace or harassment at workplace because you oh. know, your mind and body is going through the shock of what actually just happened to me right mm. and mm-hmm. and you there also have the expectation of your job and your coworkers to do a good mm. job because you were so good 
and you know you you came in mm. as a sort of very uh, amazing human being who's accomplished so much and also by your family mm. because they were like oh you did so much already in your life so why aren't you earning enough yet and why aren't you progressing yeah. and why aren't you promoting and why aren't you enjoying it and you yeah. we thought you would always do great right but you're yeah. not doing great because there was a big shock wave that nobody prepared you for yeah that's it i have had no idea I've not not um, read about such a thing and that's so real in the world because now when i think about it i have seen it myself happening i mean to some degree i would say to me as well and a lot of my friends mm. a lot of my knowns around and this is something that we do not first of know about it we are not aware about it at all mm. it has not been talked about mm. it has not been known at all and thank you for bringing this up and sharing it with our listeners because now we'll be able to make more sense about what really is happening within ourselves what we always talk about well being in the workplace and having our personal lives and professional lives and so it really makes a lot of sense and coming from an organization psychologists yourself it's it's tremendous well i'm not an organ- well i'm an organizational psychologist but a practicing mm-hmm. um so i'm in no capacity sort of uh, have a phd or or something like mm-hmm. that although that may be coming uh, with, with in in certain years but you know it, it it is true that um that this reality shock you know uh you have to be very ignorant mm-hmm. and that is a defense mm-hmm. mechanism sometimes for people but you have to be very ignorant to ignore mm-hmm. the signs right some people and i felt this way right i was like why is it that everybody else mm-hmm. is just doing fine and i am having all yeah. these issues right why is it that i i mm-hmm. can't take the bullshit anymore but everybody else is okay with it is it me and i think you have to be mm-hmm. a certain level of ignorant um like i say right. even as a defense mechanism for your own survival and safety to say i am fine with it mm-hmm. like i i listen to it mm-hmm. and i deal with it and you and you'll keep going on um mm-hmm. unfortunately if you're brown a woman in a different country rebellious as people call me um and and a generalist uh, uh, who has a lot of variety of experiences that's not an option you don't just sit in and listen mm-hmm. you you take it to your heart you take it to your mind and you say yeah. actually yeah, yeah. um sorry but i'm not willing to let go mm-hmm. of my personality identity culture history background experiences heuristics right to to just fit in Why um, and i think that's a key difference right is there's a lot of people like me um Mm. Uh, I won't say Gen Z because I'm 1997, so I am Gen Z technically, mm-hmm. but I'm in the middle, right? Like this, this mm. I'm on the fence, mm. and right, and and I think the way yeah. I categorize this generational difference is people who grew up with the message that world is ending, right? That was that was your millennials also, mm. but then Gen Z grew up with the message yeah. world is ending. You need to do something about it. you need to be bold you need to have a sense of mm. urgency what are you doing what is your cause what do you care about that was a key difference right, right. so our actions mm-hmm. show the same thing our actions have a sense of urgency a sense of boldness and sense of a non hierarchical mm. nature in there because we were always told that's yeah. what we need to do to get shit done yeah yeah, um, yeah because you know uh, in in um in the workplace people are everybody like you said people are facing these things it's just the younger generation who are actually 
vocal about it and that's about it that's the difference because they see that you know this is the ending i mean if it goes any further this there's yeah. no way further this will be the end yeah. so yeah. if you do not speak that's that's the end yeah. who is going to if you that, don't uh, literally, literally it is not. the end <laughs> and it's so funny right like how everybody in the organization like especially like some of these i don't know who creates these reports but people are like oh like 52% of the pop- like young people are leaving the workforce to become influencers i'm like excuse me <laughs> all right not all of us want to be tiktokers <laughs> or influencers or travel around the world like i would love to travel around the world as a full time job but actually i don't i wouldn't love it mm-hmm. because it would become my job so i want to be in the workplace i want to work i mm-hmm. want to be in an organization i want to do those things and i bet other people do as well right other young people right. also want to do that we not all yeah, of us absolutely. want to be influencers <laughs> you're not making it easy for us right the systems don't no. uh, don't allow us to do that and that's why we are quitting right like either mm-hmm. either you bring us in and and you say um that that, that mm-hmm. the systems will support you or the systems will not support you it's it's is is it's like that right and it's mm-hmm. a gray area between that that, that, that we are trying to explore you know i would <laughs> want to ask from your personal experience that how have you been managing this uh problem of ors and uh your personal well-being because mm-hmm. because you because i see you as a passionate person and you really care mm-hmm. and you're empathetic towards people around you your surroundings so how have you been able to manage and because it's for a lot of mm-hmm. listeners um like us who are like you who are facing the same issues in life how have you been coping up and um walking through these challenges mm-hmm. uh working on your well-being your work life balance um i did what i know best is talking mm. um i yeah i was always vocal about what i'm going through right like mm. whether it is with my friends or my family or my cousins mm-hmm. or my brother or my colleagues at work i always told them this is giving me anxiety mm. and i've never been an anxious person or this is making me cry every day mm. right what what it did was for some people it created an image that sakshi is vulnerable mm. and you know what if that's how you feel about me i'm okay with it like i'll bear the consequences of it later on because whoever said organizations uh, allow you to be vulnerable was lying to your face there's no space for vulnerability in organizations but you can choose to be vulnerable and then you bear the consequences okay. which i will in a while um the second thing i did was talk to people who um who who have been mm-hmm. you know in mid to senior level positions like myself mm-hmm. and look like me and hearing the experiences their experiences did two things one it validated mm-hmm. what i'm going through i'm not the only one and it's not my fault right. and two i need to do something about it for me and everybody has their way of dealing with things for me the best way to deal with something that i feel mm-hmm. so a uh, personally involved in is doing an action right so mm-hmm. when i felt that i was bullied because of my skin tone yeah. i did a research paper yeah. and i did you know like started talking to people around around the university about colorism when i felt about mm. that thing in education i started project leap um um and for volunteers and now when i felt this about as a young professional who is facing this incongruence between purpose mm-hmm. and 
way of life and communication versus organizational systems um i just started i just started something i woke up on the wednesday i recorded myself and i put a video out on linkedin about young leaders careers uh ylc and this this is yeah that was really yeah. heartfelt i have i have yeah i mean it. i mean that it was, was really you know heartfelt. i woke up uh, what i missed telling you was i woke up i cried and then i shot the video uh, <laughs> i woke up i cried okay. and i shot the video and i put it on linkedin and i was like <laughs> you know what like surely there's people <laughs> like me or even if there's not no, nobody like me this is what i'm going through and it may become relevant in 10 20 whatever years and so i put it out there and i was like look this is happening mm-hmm. who's going through it how have you dealt with it let's help each other out and that's really given me a sense of purpose mm-hmm. and direction to kind of say it went from me being isolated in this experience to just within a week mm-hmm. meeting at least 20 people who have gone through the same thing because once you once you put your story out it attracts other people and it also attracts you to yeah. speak to other people like more people outside of my first connection in a linkedin sense right mm-hmm. second and third connection yeah. are reaching out to me and saying it resonated and i'm like why did it resonate tell me more and people are telling mm. me these stories and i'm like wow right <laughs> and it's given yeah. me a real sense of purpose that this is what i want to do this is how i want to help people right and this because we would i mean it requires people, more people like you because a lot of people when they see that you know they are able to resonate with somebody there's out something out there that i can talk to because not everybody is so vocal that you know they'll come out on LinkedIn or on social media and talk about it. So we yeah. need a lot of such platforms where people can talk about it and they can feel safe that they are not alone in this journey. So it's an incredible yeah. work that you're doing with uh, young leadership careers yeah. that I would also want you to talk and elaborate about. Yeah, absolutely. And but I just have to say that like I don't think we need more resources. I think we just need to utilize what is in front of us, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has got a link everybody's got an instagram everybody's got a tiktok it's what we choose to do with it right we, yeah. there's other people who are very vocal about their experiences hmm. and they've been doing amazing uh you know in in terms of reaching out to people even making it a business for themselves hmm. um so and and that's commendable so it's it's what we choose to do with it and who we choose to interact with right for yelc um the idea is that i want in few years time anybody any hmm. young leader who's entered in who's entering the workplace they come to ylc and they're like what what do i do right i what i'm doing in the background is okay. creating a starter guide when you start fresh in a company as a young leader what is mm-hmm. it that you have to get done what is it that you have to know and what is it that you have to create for yourself hmm. a, a, like a template to get a good start in a company and it's based on multiple people's experiences of having bad starts as young hmm. leaders in organizations Right, so I want people to come to YLC when they're young leaders entering organizations to say, mm. "How do we like? What do I do?" Right, or if they're facing a specific right. situation, how do they deal with it? The second thing mm. I want to do is, and I really believe yeah. this, you know, and this may be a little out there, but I think organizations as a as a system and as a word will cease to exist in a while. Right, the more people have multiple sources of income, the more we have like. like the concept of the job doesn't exist anymore and stuart carr from new zealand uh, in massey university he talks about it a lot 
right it's called multi-bladed jobs mm-hmm. where you're having multiple sources of income so the concept of the job won't yeah. exist anymore okay and you know people will have multiple jobs organizations won't look the same but i really believe that mm-hmm. organizations will cease to exist simply because they won't innovate at a quick enough pace it is the scale-ups and the startups that will innovate at a quick enough pace who will become our future employers right right and it is their operating model it is their systems mm. that i want to help shape because they are in this prime state where they're still shaping their systems and we can make the systems inclusive mm. this time and we can make the systems fluid this right. time instead of trying to change archival archival systems that actually um that actually you know give you a lot of stress and trauma if you're even trying to change them mm. um, or or give you a lot of lip service yeah that's 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 a commendable vision that you are uh, going on with and so how you mentioned that definitely startups have their way to now build a culture around it where you know they keep these uh, things in their mind while they are building their organization what do you think um since you are also working uh, and you have worked in one of the top mncs what do you think how are how will they able to or how are they embracing the younger generation and the kind of values the kind of uh you know environment that they have brought they have been yeah. brought up in the um the kind of work ethics that they have the kind of passion they have towards different things how are organizations embracing yeah. them or um how can yeah I think how they're embracing them I haven't seen a single organization and maybe I need to look harder mm. that is doing it well right okay so we created hiring systems where it doesn't discriminate against age or years of experience uh, mm. or all of that that's great but that's not where the journey ends that's where the journey starts right for yeah. a, for a, for your career that's where it starts so how do you actually utilize the personal brand and the values and the sense of um, social impact that young people bring how do you utilize them and i think that will require a lot of it will just require guts <laughs> that's it and organizations that are gutsy mm. and i have to yeah. say no matter what people think about it but tesla mm. alphabet these are all yeah. gutsy organizations they are right good or bad yeah. but they are gutsy and you'll see young people actually having a lot of autonomy not just because we give you a small room and you can be as autonomous <laughs> in that room as you want no autonomy in the sense that we will actually value it and take it forward yeah. and take your ideas forward so even in uh, even in india i think there's reliance yeah. industries and they have a lot of like offshoots of uh, innovation startup kitchens and things like that you've got your uh, bosch okay. kitchen um startup with 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 bosch in germany and one of my good friends okay. heads heads that so i think these are really nice right. ways you know organizations are always going to be for profit there's no they and there's of nothing course. wrong with it yeah. right so how yeah, do you yeah. leverage what people are making available to you to become more profitable but then also mm-hmm. create some congruency in what you say and what right. you do right Absolutely. and i don't think that that's going to be solved and that's actually one of the reasons why yc exists is to get to a stage where we can tell people what we need mm. because we never had this conversation as young leaders right we've always had conversations that as young leaders how do you start a social enterprise or a startup yeah. or quit your job that's great 
that's for 1% of the population mm-hmm. not all of us can quit of jobs course. and by the time organizations changes we'll be dinosaurs <laughs> so we need to sustain our livelihoods while we are in this right. change as well right um, so it's how do we do that um, and and i don't have hmm. all the answers everybody else together will have yeah. all the answers yeah and um, all i can do is bring people together that through yc you are trying to bring this conversation up and figure out the answer towards how can we make it a better place and how can we um you know connect as a community and help each other aid each other and bring the best out of ourselves one thing that you wish more people knew about gen z in the workplace <laughs> wow um this was a key insight for me um mm-hmm. and i and i'd like to share that is mm-hmm. i okay let me do two is that okay i'll do two i'll do one philosophical and one fun go ahead <laughs> uh, right so the philosophical one is when boomers and millennials came into organizations they came with technical expertise mm-hmm. and then they took years to build people skills strategy skills abstract skills communication mm-hmm. skills and that's how the systems were built right. that you come in with technical capability we'll keep promoting you and we'll support you to build all these mm. other things right the big switch is that gen z is coming in the other way around they're coming in with your people skills abstract skills strategy skills your resilience right. and all that and they need you to be, help them build technical capability mm. so create systems that help them progress with these skills and build their technical capability at the same time hmm. or their expertise at the same time or their yeah. working world at the same time don't expect them to work under the hmm. same system and not get frustrated that's a philosophical one and i think that was a very key sort of switch off uh, mindset for me um because you don't see yourself <laughs> right. as a problem anymore it's the system the the fun one is i bet not all of us want to be tiktokers please stop saying that about us i love people who are doing that i love people who are influencers but we are all not the same we are oh, not no. all wanting to quit and travel some of us just want to work and we're very passionate yeah. about it um so so please meet your next gen z and actually ask them what they want to do in life uh and i bet you'll be you'll be surprised when they when they say we don't oh, just want to dance oh my god i've um, heard this and travel a lot we would love it we would love it but uh, but hey no, we, we hey. are well, we are way more about um we are way more than that just being a tiktok influencer or any yeah. social media influencer because it's you know how um people I it's not just our generation i think it's about people stereotyping and generalizing and putting everybody in a box it's about individuals and it has always been about individuals and now it has become more and more um you know out yeah. there that we we our generation or mm. the young generation wants to be they they look beyond a certain point just beyond um earning a basic income and just uh surviving for ourselves for uh for as an just an individual we are looking beyond ourselves and that is how the future is going to be and yeah, yeah. so that that's so incredible that you mentioned actually about 
even as Gen Z, right? Like, if people want to put us in a box, mm. we also put people into boxes. I'm going to say it outright. Gen Z is not like <laughs> angels. We don't have to put any generation on a pedestal and say they were better than the other. It's not a competition between generations. Also, no. you can't stop it. <laughs> Can you stop Gen? <laughs> you can't stop it, right? So it, instead of competing with each other. And saying yeah. we are better than the other, and the other generation saying we are better than you because we've done X, Y, and Z. I've been on this planet no. twenty-five years. You get what you get, and that, and that's mm-hmm. a fact of life. Um, yeah. Every generation I, comes with their it. own pros and cons, with their own characters, and yeah. and it's, yeah. it's it's basically uh, how the environment has influenced them and the kind of uh, environment yeah. they have been grown up. In. And that's about yeah. it. That's what yeah builds. That's literally it. So everybody, please study psychology um, because that will help you in life, uh, and then do something amazing with it, which is which is non-traditional. That's what we want. Yes, yes, absolutely. We do want like just a little bit of change here and there, where people are more aware, people are not ignorant, as you have mentioned um, in the in the whole conversation, and a little more empathetic, a little mm-hmm. more caring. And and a little more uncomfortable with disrespect and bullshit because mm-hmm. um, because if you're comfortable with ignorance, then it's actually we no longer live in a generation where not doing the wrong thing mm-hmm. is is good enough. Not doing the right yeah. thing is 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 bad, right? You're actively mm-hmm. contributing even if you're passive to to the wrong thing. So. Stop being comfortable with bullshit, right? Whatever generation you are, how yeah. many ever years you've left or lived on the planet, you you can't get complacent. <laughs> like, where's the that fun in that? That is so cute and sashi. What what a <laughs> tremendous, amazing, insightful conversation I've had with you. I definitely, I mean, every time I talk to you, there's something new that I learn. There's something new I learn about. Everything about you, about things that is going around, about your new researches that you have been up to, about the new, um, you know, projects that you're working on. I love, love our conversations. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and I am, am pretty sure that it's not just me, but all our listeners would uh, learn so much from you, and would have so many takeaways from you. So thank you so much for sharing so, you know, openly and so. Uh, your personal stories and so vulnerably around it because that is what we need that is the, what the need of the art absolutely thank you for being a brilliant host you were splendid uh, so thanks for having me i'm sure we'll chat again um, of course and i just i just i just hope you keep getting like amazing hosts and uh, guests on your podcast like that'll be that'll be so good i look forward to listening don't forget to follow and share the podcast so that you never miss an episode Leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Your reviews help us to reach out to more listeners and continue to bring the latest insights from the field of business psychology. Thank you for joining us on this journey. This is your host Kritika Kashyap signing off. Stay curious my friends.